singing because we we come on we're not we're not I the voice know, and you know what i feel like that i did a real obnoxious laugh there so i apologize you guys for both the singing and the laughing but we're back holly's back tristan is post post birthday i'm post Madness. birthday i'm freshly 20 beep no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm fr- i'm a couple days into 28 i took a long weekend for my birthday through a big old rager so I'm still catching up. You guys um, wish a bit. you guys wish you were there on Friday, but honestly, most, a lot of you were. But if you weren't, and let me just say on the record, Holly was the first one there and the last one to leave. So, Woo! and you know, if you know me, that's not clap. that's not gonna happen often. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. How was your uh, week last week? I know we had a special guest host because you were away. Oh my god. Well, you know what? I loved listening to you and Dax. So funny, Dax. He's just a natural. Comedian, yeah, he's really got it. So I really liked listening to you guys, but I I had FOMO, so I'm happy to be back. Um, I've had a busy week, and you know what? I didn't have the day off like you, and I'm having a bit of a busted Monday, so I think that's going to be reflected (laughs) in my busted two news stories that I brought to the table. Can I can I start you off with one? Just it's just a headline. You go first. Okay. Um, this is from Radar Online. Tyra Banks leaving Dancing with the Stars after three seasons. She's focusing on her ice cream company. <laughs> okay. Listen, Tyra Banks is not the subject of this week's episode, but now that you say the name, we could devote more than one episode to Tyra Banks. And I will say I went through a really weird phase, like grade like six to eight, like 2006 to 2008 of being obsessed with Tyra Banks. Like I was obsessed with Top Model. I used to watch the Tyra show after school every day. Like I was... I, I randomly know so much about Tyra Banks. She's got that special something. She really does. And it's kind of weird how she's pretty much disappeared. And I will. Oh, sorry. The reason I say all that is because like semi, you know, periodically I will look her up and like go to her Instagram to just see what's going on with her. And I, I noticed she had this ice cream and it's called, <laughs> unless the name has changed, I think Skinny it might, cow. there might've been a rebrand at some point, but I know at least in the early days or at one point, it was called Smize Cream. Mm. And the whole catch was that like at the bottom of the pint, there's like a, a, a cookie surprise. But if I remember correctly, and I don't have it in front of me, each pint was being sold for like $30 American. No. And you had to have it shipped to you. Okay, we're going to pause later. We're going to price check her Okay, ice yeah, cream. let me confirm that. Tyra, Look, that's allegedly It must be me. doing well. It must be paying better than Dancing with the Stars because she has decided it's time to focus on <gasps> Smize ice, ice Cream. And I will say her, I don't really watch Dancing with the Stars, but the moments that I have seen of her on that show, she was dismal. She's so funny. She's kind of like a Wendy Williams. Speaking of, you know, know her, like she's got that kind of zany, not all it's there energy. Crazy she she used to be such a good host, like on her talk show. But then on Dancing with the Stars, I don't know if it's because it was live. Mm-hmm. It just like she felt like frantic, and she remember she messed things up a couple times. Like, oh she yeah, said she sent the wrong person home. And this like, is why I thought the headline was so funny. I'm like, okay, she's not leaving because she's a shit host. Like, okay, she's yeah. focusing on the ice cream company. Her team okay. was like, we got to pivot. We got to yeah. pivot to ice cream to frozen <laughs> dessert. So she also, I don't know if this 
this still exists, but I know it got paused because of the pandemic. And then I think it did open in like a mall in San Diego. She opened Model Land. And okay. it was like a modeling theme park. Like one of those, you know, like the Barbie experience. The yeah. Illusion yeah. experience. It was one of those. But the catch was the packages went up to like a thousand dollars. And you got like, <laughs> you know, on paper, a photo shoot and you got to get styled and have your hair done. But it's like, these are definitely like 17 year olds. I mean, working all, the thing, all you know? modeling from the mall is a bit of a scam. Like, <laughs> do you flag. remember like in your hometown, there'd be like model scouts who like yes, give girls a pamphlet uh, at the mall. And a lot of the times you're going to end up paying more money than you uh, earn through the modeling. Oh my God. <laughs> that, you know, what? it's funny you say that. I can think of specifically a girl in my class at that happened to and we oh, were like, like i got scouted we were like oh it's over like yeah. she's she's hit the big time like we're bella, never gonna see her again Gigi? Yeah, bella, Gigi. okay let's get into okay so that's your first one yeah my first one this actually isn't a headline but i wanted to say it on the podcast because i texted you about it last week i had a dream and i have really really vivid dreams and i usually remember them holly and i were walking around in my neighborhood and we bumped into Meghan markle the duchess of sussex <laughs> Not only did we bump into her, so we bumped into her. We're, like, taking selfies. But it was one of those dreams where we're taking all these pictures, and I'm looking at my phone, and the pictures aren't in the phone. Like, it's, like, not working, but I can't, like, you know, I can't bother Megan for another photo. But then, as we're kind of chit-chatting with her, she's like, you guys just want to, like, come over? Like, let's, like, hang out. So me and Holly go back to Megan Markle's house in Toronto okay. in my dream. And we just had a great time. And I feel like I'm really manifesting that for us. I think we would have a good time with Meghan Markle. You know where we would have run into her? Taroni, her favorite restaurant. I know. Catch me at Taroni a few times a year. <laughs> you know, it's cra- Okay. Keep sidetracking. I'll be quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of mine. I don't know if he's a listener or not. But, you know, from the TV community. So yeah. in that world when she was on Suits, right? He, I can't remember how they met. But um, he met her when she was on Suits. And she really jumped at the chance to be friends with him. He was like a random 22-year-old gay man, like, you know, whatever. But they hit it off. And she even... Wait, is it bleep? No. no okay, no, 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 okay. No. I'll tell you after. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually don't know if you know him. But they hit it off because he was kind of telling her how he'd been through a breakup. She was telling him how he'd been through a breakup. Well, next thing you know, she sends him a copy of The Four Agreements. And message, oh, she emails him. She's like, God. I really want to send you this book. I think you'll get a lot from it. She sends it to him. Then she invites him to a party at the Soho house, but he was double booked that night. And he was like, this girl's kind of desperate. Like this random D-list actress like really wants me to hang out with her. I don't really hang out with her. He didn't go to the party. The other gay that she invited to that party was in the wedding. Wow. So if he had gone, he okay. maybe would have been in the wedding. And he said, it was he's a like, sliding door situation. She honestly like didn't have a lot of friends in Toronto. Like she was no. really jumping at the chance to have any like young, cool friends. As if I couldn't love her more, she sends a gay who she deems in need the four agreements. I mean, it's just perfect. Obsessed. Obsessed. And he still Can she has send me it. it? Yeah, and he only that. has one photo and it's like from a photographer at an event. It might be the event where they met and like you can only see the back of her head, but it's mm-hmm. them talking. But he's like, I swear this is Meghan Markle. So anyways, and funny story. Listeners, if you are struggling with self-love, self-discipline, check out the four agreements. It's from, I think, the 80s, but you it's can- It's one um... of Britney's favorites too. She always Britney posts Spears? about it. Yep. She's like posted the cover before. <laughs> Look, take take it out of your life. So you're in good okay. company, honey. Speaking of Tristan's dream, though, I wonder if our listeners can relate. I was like, when he texted me this, I'm like, oh my God, I've had these dreams where you meet a celebrity, like someone you love, and you get yep. a photo with them, and then the photo's not there when you go to check your phone. Yes. <laughs> Why? Ugh, That's how time. we know. That's how we okay, know. Okay, anyways, <laughs> on to my first actual headline. Sorry, mm-hmm. you guys, for that Meghan Markle aside. Please tell me. I know I think I sent it to you, and I'm going to sound crazy because this might be like very Twitter-specific magnolia pearl 
Has anyone else been on Magnolia Pearl Talk? That's not like that kind of conservative. It's like TikToker this, somehow woman. It got picked up this week. No, that it's like this really kooky um, brand. Okay. It's like, oh my god! I don't know if yes. it's southern. So this was the this was the caption. So it was a TikTok of this woman wearing head to toe. Listen brand. up, people! You can learn something. Okay. And the caption is: "This is truly the best example of stealth wealth I've ever seen." So stealth wealth is like something that you know there's no branding on it, but you find out it's super expensive. The so opposite like, of conspicuous consumption. Exactly. Magnolia Pearl, which she's literally wearing head to toe, pieces start at $200 plus. And when I tell you guys it's giving Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, like prairie. Can- uh, no, it's, like, it's it- giving winners. It's giving no, treatments. Like, oh, you look oh, at these outfits. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And then, so now at people have been like... Re- <laughs> Like, okay, well, Tristan's guys, always on the fashion beat. First it's it was those big red boots, now it's Magnolia Pearl. <laughs> it's giving, okay. like, Victorian pirate girl. Like, I can't. It's giving tatters. So many tatters. Oh, my God. This classic me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It looks like your grade three art teacher, like, in a hat. Well, doesn't it now? So now everyone's mm. going, like, everyone's making writing these memes about It's very about Evermore, it. very folklore. Yes, isn't there someone comes across this random photo of taylor swift wearing a dress from the brand in um oh. in like her fo- i don't know if this is folklore or evermore one or the other but yeah okay so that's just giving like, a little bit of legitimacy a really random I wasn't headline. really sure why this you said the, this to me this is like the store <laughs> this is the store okay sorry you guys i'll post some of these pictures on the okay on barnyard the Instagram, chic. i don't know i can't even put it into words like it's honestly giving les miserables oh like, totally okay they're gonna google it magnolia pearl check it out for yourself and uh let us know what you think <laughs> something about it is so like halloween town i it's you guys i'm not selling it well but you have to get into it anyways Look, you heard it here first. Everyone's going to be wearing Magnolia Pearl in like two weeks. <laughs> she, oh, a recent photo of Taylor in the pants. So maybe that's how this happened is this, the Swifties look up her outfits. And Taylor's then... hair, color, and style, it's giving Magnolia Pearl. It's not working <laughs> really for me. Is. And I'm a Swiftie, okay. so hey, on Do God. You, what's your next one? Okay, well, I only have one more because um, I'm having a really busted week. And as you'll see later in this episode, I am drinking a blue Gatorade and vodka. So my next story and my only story, I'm coming back to Brandy Glanville. Okay. okay. So Brandy has released some tweets uh, telling her side of the story of what happened with her um, molestation of Carolyn Manzo. So I'm just going to read it and then maybe we can chat about it. Brandy says, so this, for those who don't know, on the set of Ultimate Girls Trip 4 in Morocco, Brandy Glanville uh, apparently uh, sexually assaulted Carolyn Manzo. I'm fucking sick of this narrative. I was hired for a second season of Girls Trip because they loved what I did on the first season and I was told to bring the party just like before and that's exactly what I did and I was punished for it. Feels like a fucking setup. It's BS and Carolyn was fine. Those are my statements. Yes, I'm pissed off. Yes, this has been fucking life ruining and I'm not going to be responding to anyone commenting. I am not suing anyone, not Peacock or anyone else for that matter. I can speak on anything I want to speak on. It was the end of an 18-hour workday at our belly dancing party, and I'd like to see footage on it beforehand as both myself and Carolyn were very intoxicated. That's the end of the tweet. So I just need to say, um, when she says Carolyn was fine, is that really up for Brandy to decide? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I know. I mean... Uh... It's, it's a mess because we haven't heard Caroline's side of the story either. Like, at this point, we're in the dark about the whole thing. Allegedly, there was some kind of inappropriateness, 
with touching and kissing. Pushing up against the bathroom door. And Brandy, <laughs> and, and it, apparently it was allegedly like a buildup. And Brandy is, you know, she can be a bit brasher. Yeah. You know, um, a bit bi- inappropriate. Bisexual icon. And she loves the sex jokes. Yeah. And Caroline Manzo is such a, she's like a mommy. Like, so, so I, I just have to it. say, I'll never forgive Brandy Glanville for making me have to side with Caroline Manzo. I on know, it's like <laughs> dropping her bag. Like, I was so happy to see her in the other season of Girls Trip. And I felt like she really had an opportunity to run with the ball and mm-hmm. then maybe get back on Beverly Hills. But it's like oh, now it's over. it's over. I mean, she said it's fucking life earning. And she goes, I can speak on anything I want to speak on. It was the end of an 18 hour work day. You know, a lot of people work an 18 hour day and they manage to just go home and they just keep their hands to themselves. So, exactly. Brandy, girl, this is not going to work. While we're on the topic of Ultimate Girls Trip, I was going to say, I, like, we usually cover our Bravo shows. I feel like there's not much to say about Vanderpump. The reunion outfits came out. They're good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ariana looks so Ariana looks hot. amazing. But, I mean, look, we're, we're still living in the Raquel of it all. Um, mm-hmm. There's not much more to say. Jersey, uh-huh, it's tanking on me a little bit. You know what I will say, though? I mean, at my birthday party, we were all going back and forth about whether we're Team Teresa, Team Melissa. My official statement is that... Teresa had the upper hand. Yes. Teresa went into that episode yes. and she was right. I was team Teresa too. And it's like, yeah, I'm not inviting my in-laws parents. Like you're crazy. Um, but where she lost, where she dropped it was when she said the daddy issues comment. And it's like, uh, okay. And then when she started getting into, if you're, a, if you're a good wife, you can yeah. calm down your, and I was like, oh, she I always has say, to take it come there. On. She kind of saved the daddy issues thing. Not to be the biggest tree hugger here, but she's like, um, you know, it's not a bad thing. My girls have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> True. So fair enough. But anyways, that's all I want. I don't want to get too far into it. But I will say I did start yesterday. I started uh, Girls Trip 3 yeah. in Thailand. It's not giving. It's not really giving what it's By supposed to By the third episode, you're going to. And you know, I'll take whatever they give me, but I don't really want to take this. And this Bravo's is... in a bit of a flop era, but you know what? The OC trailer. I'm just waiting for you, baby. Oh, Come I know. And, save us. and did you see Tamara with the April Fools? Yeah, oh. of course. But I would just want to say, like, yeah, it's bad. Giselle is like such a snake. We already know that. But this is just further illustrating how, like, bamboozled we were by uh, Heather Gay. Yeah. Like, she actually is a bad housewife. Like, I she think sucks. they they well. I, I don't know. I've just always got a soft spot for I feel like they really fucked the casting up. Like, they're harping on stories that everyone's over. Like, yeah. the Chris Bassett and the black eye of it all. And I don't know. They kind of chose all these, like, toxic, toxic striver types who are, yeah. like, fame-obsessed. And they don't have the natural totally. charm and charisma. And they're frenemies. And I think that's why they're rolling it out now. Because we're in a bit of a Bravo desert with only Ronge airings. So they're like, let's just shit it out. And you know what? Morocco? I'm ready. Vicky, oh, Alex. And that's the other thing, too. Boom. We all, I feel like we're all so excited for Morocco. So it's like yeah. now I can't give an objective lens to Thailand because I just want to see Morocco. Like I'm I mean, it. Morocco has two iconic um, film and television uh, tie-ins, which would obviously be Sex and the City when they go to Morocco. Totally. And then Roni when they go to Morocco. Totally. So, you know, the girls can really get into some trouble in Morocco. Get into some hijinks. Yeah. And it's true. We talked about this at the party. Like, in Thailand, it's not even... I mean, it looks gorgeous, but they're not really leaving their villa. Like no, they're, they're so isolated. They're so isolated, so you're not even really getting that the experience of them being in Thailand. So it's like, I don't know. It's just not really hitting. And you're right. Last thing I'll say is, like, there's no allies there. I feel like in the one in the 
uh, when they went to Dorinda's, there were a couple good real friendships there. So there can, you can see that dynamic happen. In this one, it's like, they're not really... Yeah. Even like the girls from the same cities. I mean, Marisol and Alexia, but like Heather and Whitney, well, uh, Candace, Candace and, Giselle, and Giselle. Like it's just not, if it's very disjointed. Look, but. not last thing on this because it's really breaking my heart. I loved Girls Trip 1 and 2, especially like Ramona and Kenya in the first one. That was giving me like, like they put giving. Ramona and Kenya in the room together. Oh my God. And then Girls Trip 2, I thought the cast was a flop till I watched it. And you've got like Taylor Armstrong and Eva and everyone's really yeah. killing it. And then this one, I'm just like. It's just not. Yeah. No. Okay. Last things. Two things quickly. <laughs> Hot new couple alert. Radar. Radar. We need like a soundboard. That is my dream that we get to a point where we okay, have like Danny sound Pellegrino. effects. Um, Zane and Selena. Spotted together. Nice. Last week we talked about um, mm-hmm. Harry and Emily. This week, Zane and Selena. What are your thoughts? Just quickly. I mean. <sighs> it's bad. It's, and I say it's bad because allegedly, allegedly, I don't, if there's a lawyer, I don't want them using together. If there's a legal man listening, okay, according to the blind items and what we know about Zane, he's been he has been yeah. involved in some substance abuse. And what yeah. we know about Selena is she has a past substance abuse too, and it, it doesn't work. If you're in recovery, you got to be very careful with that. But look, we know I've the learned power, that from housewives. We know the power of a baby mama and a good uh, stepmom. And Gigi Hadid, I trust her. So as long as she's got her paws in there, Gigi. like she's going to be keeping us on the straight and narrow. If Yolanda can keep an eye on on <laughs> Selena, if Yolanda can keep an eye out for Selena, I think we'll be okay. And then last thing, countdown to the coronation, May 6th. Oh. All kinds of boring headlines. Any news? I mean, they well, couldn't get anyone to perform. Have they found someone? I don't know, but today, Page Six was tweeting like... What are they going to get? What's her breaking. name? Breaking. Susan Boyle? <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. Kate Middleton might not wear a tiara. Like, okay. we give a beep. Get Look, back to Megs and Harry. It's going to be drama. Like, come on. I'm not trying to be a royalist here, but to get Megan and Harry back there, like, I just want to see them all in the same room. I I'm going to I can't wait to see them all in the same room, and I know Megan is going to serve. Whether you love her or hate her, she knows how to show up and show out. That's one thing me and Tristan always bond over is when Meghan Markle uh, serves a look, we're going to feel it in our bones. Oh, we're going to feel it in our bones. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into our subject of the week. So we were talking about who we want to talk about, and I know... Oh, wait, wait. Oh. Selena Gomez. One last... Because, you know, she is so relevant to our show. We talked about her two weeks ago. Yep. Tristan sent me a TikTok explaining how she knows Nicola and Pelt. <gasps> yes, Tell me guys. a little bit about that. Uh, we gotta say. I'm gonna forget the TikToker's name. I'm sorry, you guys. But... It was Chloe with yeah. um, empires or like with a Statue of Liberty emojis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. She was really She's good. Really good. Yeah. Um, it was this whole deep dive into the Peltz family, and the one highlight that really gagged and gooped us was that. So alleged, there's all these texts that have been released. Because first of all, people want to know, including me. I'm not gonna say how many times I've googled this. What is, why is Victoria Beckham and Nicola feuding? Yeah. How are Selena Gomez and Nicola friends? Yeah, it's so I don't understand. No one has the answers and they know we want to know. No one has the answers. And allegedly, Nicola really had to put her foot down because her father is a big Republican (laughs) donor, donated to Trump and um, DeSantis. DeSantis. Yeah. And uh, they were neighbors with Trump on two separate properties. So allegedly, he was invited to the wedding. Nicola had to put her foot down. And then if you do more digging, doesn't it? come out that her father <laughs> jeffrey epstein and harvey, harvey weinstein, weinstein almost bought was a newspaper? new york times new york post? or new york post new york, or, not the times. you guys were getting the newspaper wrong they almost bought a big major newspaper yeah. so there's a trio and look i didn't even know epstein and weinstein knew each other but of course nicola's dirty dad is there too <laughs> <laughs> anyways the reason they said that she knows selena is because she, uh, selena dated her brother so 
kind of anticlimactic, yeah, but yeah. there you go. If, also, for those who are wondering, I've been wondering. I was in Shoppers Drug Mart yesterday, and there's Nicola Ann Peltz on the cover of Elle magazine. Looking, I wonder how much that she costs. She good, too. Oh, her looks aren't the problem. Her, her. It, the looks aren't the problem. It's the, the fact that she allegedly pushed her nanny down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. But Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. Okay, we went there. We, we went there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This week's episode, we were going back and forth who we want to talk about. And I know usually we talk about people who are a little behind the scenes. So you got to, you got to, now stay with me. Today we are covering the woman that you all probably know as Lana Del Rey. But we don't really want to focus on her career or her stardom. We want, we want to go back, back to the beginning because there's so much lore and so much mystery around Lana Del Rey's upbringing, around her substance abuse the content of her songs the experiences that inspired a lot of these really dramatic dark moody songs so we thought she is the perfect character to cover so we are going to be covering elizabeth woolridge grant aka lana del rey aka lizzie grant by the way me and tristan are like beyond obsessed we fucking love her to death so it's not just like oh let's who's this bitch like we're invested so it's gonna be a bit of a different tone for this episode this is a good one and honestly we don't even have to like this isn't like holly and i are reading we're not trying to debunk her life yeah like we we love this woman and we know so much about her so it it would be like us speaking about beyonce taylor swift like lana del rey and another reason we want to talk about her obviously her amazing album uh there did you know there's a tunnel under ocean boulevard just came out the other week and it's her 10th album i believe and she has maintained so much mystery throughout her career and her life that yeah. um, is really unique in this day and age. She's not that old. She's only born in 90 or 85. So she's probably in like her mid thirties. Yep. And she, I will say with this album, she has finally started to open up a little bit about her family life and her personal life in a way that I don't think she ever has. She's also done a couple good interviews. So yeah. we're finally starting to see a little more. And like, we're going to talk about like, you know all of her past and how she came to be but she kind of started off as a joke like i remember like the way like the general public would know was like she had this snl performance we'll talk about where she kind of totally yeah like flopped and no one took her seriously but like of course like me tristan and all the girls in the world and tumblr knew like the minute video games went on youtube like okay a legend was born but now she's starting to garner the respect of like you know, Rolling Stone Mainstream calling her the, the greatest American songwriter. Like she is like a modern Joni Mitchell. So to- yes, let's very see adjacent. how we got there. Cause people kind of wanted to write her off and we never wanted to write and her off. And we never did. Okay. Why don't we start? I mean, you maybe gave it, uh, you answered the question a little bit, but I know we always say this. What is your, or ha- what is your origin story with Lana Del Rey? I mean, I've like worshiped her since when did video games come out? 2011 probably. Yeah. So I'd be in like grade 11 and I remember listening to it. Do you guys remember the website Hype Machine? Clap if you know Hype Machine. It was like this like music blog website that was really big in London. I think it's still around. And I mean, I've been with her through literally every note she has sang since that day. And I mean, she's only gotten better. This is the thing. Like, how can my passion grow for somebody when their talent and their depth just grows over time? And I love music to begin with. If you know me, you know. Like, she's life. And she's so gorgeous. And I love... Her style, her presence, like everything, all of, I'm here for all of it. There's such a strong aesthetic with her and persona. I am the same. (laughs) I vividly remember grade 11, finding her on Tumblr, Mm -hmm. video games, 
and then blue jeans. I remember those were like the only two the videos, track, yeah. and they were those she made. It was those videos that she made herself with like archival. I know footage. blue jeans was at like a friend's pool. It's like in a backyard pool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, you guys got a bit of a frog in my throat. But I remember just being obsessed with those songs for like a few weeks, and then I remember the album coming out and the SNL performance and all of that. And I remember like all the cool hipster indie music reviewers being like, "She's a fraud. She's a phony. She's using a fake name, and she has fake." blown up lips that's what they used to say and, and she it's had like, the iconic nose ever. job too she had the rachel fuda nose <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know what she looks amazing so i don't know so wait when when everyone was writing her off like come on we can't say we're psychic yeah i didn't know that we would go on this journey with her but i thought i'm like i love her music and i was a few songs obsessed with that album like i was obsessed yes. with born to die like i can't believe it ever got a bad review it's amazing it's still amazing we're all still obsessed and i guess the the only critique was that she was in subway inauthentic because she was like using a stage name and stuff it's like i don't know there's a million artists that do that I, is that the biggest criticism we can find of her like whatever anyways yeah let's oh, wait. get oh into... my god i know we're oh, gonna get okay. to it but like the ride music video i think i remember that oh, being that like shook the table. a moment that was a real moment where she crossed over into mainstream i'd say when she left tumblr i think born to die well summertime sadness was big and it had yeah. that edm remix and then i remember ride it was like that's when my locals woke up for sure like, and then young and beautiful of course and the yeah. great gatsby yeah. another of its time moment but like we'll talk about specific songs albums eras but i do remember like i definitely was still using my family's desktop computer to watch the ride video which was like 10 minutes long well, and yes. i'd watch it and like weep <laughs> yeah. oh i was sitting on the hamilton street railway bus mm -hmm. i was really identifying with those lyrics at that moment on oh, the way to my, my part-time job i was in the what of my life yeah what did she say she's like i was in the, the winter of my life oh come on so let's talk about her. How how did it all come to be? Okay, yeah. So Mother. Just so you guys know how we're going to kind of break this down, we'll just do a quick bio. We don't want to get too too no, much into too like crazy. the boring facts. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about what we want to talk about, which I know is what you guys want to hear about. So let's get into it. So Elizabeth Woolridge Grant was born June 21st, 1985. And let me just stop here and say, I remember another thing in the early days was she never revealed her date of birth. Like oh. for the first few years, I swear to God, her Wikipedia didn't even have a year. And it was like one of the big Tumblr criticisms was like, she's old. Like she's <laughs> pretending to be younger than she is. But anyway, she's not. But I just remember that at the time. So born June 21st, 1985, she's known professionally as Lana Del Rey. She's an American singer, songwriter, record producer, poet, model, and music video director. Her music has been noted by critics for its stylized cinematic quality, its preoccupation with themes of tragic romance, glamour, and melancholia, and its references to pop culture, particularly the 1950s and 1960s Americana. I mean, can you see why the girls were shook? <laughs> Come on. We were eating it up. Um, raised in upstate New York. So she was born in New York City and raised in Lake Placid. She moved to New York City in 2005, moved back to New York City to embark on her music career um she released like we'll get into some of this but she released a bunch of eps under a few different names before finally having her breakthrough with video games in 2011 under the name lana del rey so just to go back a little bit again guys fun fact when she first uh, chose her stage name she was spelling ray with an a and yes. her first album if you look it up it says lana del rey r-a-w-r-a-y and then after that she quickly changed to r-e-y so there you go yes so I already said this, but she was born in New York City as the oldest child of Robert England Grant Jr., a gray group copywriter turned entrepreneur, and Patricia Ann Pat, um, maiden name Hill. 
a former Gray account executive turned high school teacher. She has one younger sister, Caroline, who goes by Chuck, and a yeah. brother, Charlie, which is confusing because Charlie Chuck. is usually Chuck. Yeah, yeah my okay. dad's a Chuck. Wait, I'm jumping in here. So I've looked up, like, the Gray Group account, the copywriter. It's literally giving, like, Mad Men. Like, the dad was John Hamm-esque New York City copywriter. The mom was, like, the Peggy, if you guys watch Mad Men. And, yeah, they had a really – I mean, that gives you the old Americana glamour. It's Mad Men. Yes, and yeah. this was also a big criticism in the early days when people were calling her inauthentic because – we'll get into it, but her whole thing was, like, trailer park Americana glamour. <laughs> and then, of, I mean, if you look into her – and back then, information was sparse, but it was, like – I mean, there's photos of her and her father on private jets. and Yeah, I mean, we're about know, to get so into her. She came from some privilege. Education. But, but so, look, they don't – I mean, they'll call you an Epo baby unless you were raised in a freaking, like – foster home i mean who isn't an epo baby exactly you're yeah. right it doesn't matter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally you grew up with like a you know a bed come on by you, yourself you're you room? touch you touch hillary duff's hand at the concert at cops coliseum in the <laughs> spring of 2004 and nobody lets you live it down wow tristan is that why we're here now because you yeah. <laughs> you know what that was my neighbor it wasn't me i got invited to the concert but i couldn't go and didn't she um touch, touch hillary's hand, hand? she's blessed anyways okay. So she was raised in Lake Placid, which I only know about from the movie Lake Placid about the yes, crocodile. I that's a famous bad movie that I love. <laughs> that's a movie that they would show on TBS on a Saturday. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, she attended Catholic elementary school. They had the Olympics there once too. Yeah, exactly. Um, she attended Catholic elementary school, and then she briefly attended the high school that her mother taught at. But if you've listened to the song "This Is What Makes Us Girls," she one of my favorites, mm-hmm. might I add. She was pulled out of school and sent to the Kent school as a teenager. So sometime during high school, she developed a serious alcohol addiction, a serious issue with teenage alcoholism. And as a response to that, her parents sent her to the Kent school, which is a really upscale private boarding school in Connecticut, in Connecticut, pardon the yearly tuition as of today. So this is obviously like 20 years later. It's if you are boarding at the school, it's $69,950 a year. Um, if you're a day student, it's 52000 So American private school culture, like, we just don't understand. I just don't yeah. understand. And it's one of those Connecticut postcard schools with, like, a rowing team and yeah, all that Yeah, it says jazz. here in Tristan's note, she was a classmate of Mammy Gummer, a.k.a. Meryl Streep's daughter. Yes, who is two <laughs> years older than Lana. But I would just, like, Lana is someone that I've always thought, like, where are the people she grew up with? Like, I need to know about her. Look, when I'm going to say, school. I don't think anyone has a bad thing to say about her. Where are the girls from This Is What Makes Us Girls? Where are they? <laughs> Where are they? Okay. Anyways. Well, at the time, she was still Lizzie, so she's not Lana Del Rey. Where's Lizzie? Don't get out of yourself. There's a whole bunch of, like... Stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we'll get into it. When she was 16, I only learned this because of an Instagram Live she did. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. yeah. She, like, spent time in Spain. She said, like, six months. Yeah, she did a summer so abroad it, in Spain. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, in Spain. And she, she loved the Spanish culture, if And you can they imagine. call her Lanita. <laughs> <laughs> was she going by Lana by then? No, but you know, in her, it's it's in the one song from her new album. She's yeah. like, they call me Lanita. <laughs> Anyways, after graduating from high school from the Kent School, she was accepted to the State University of New York at Geneseo. And I heard in a recent interview, she said it was business school. She almost went to business school down at the Meta Music Business Conference. conference. <laughs> Anyways, she decided not to attend. She said it wasn't for her. Um, she spent, I also, this is another, she has so many eras in her life. She spent a year living on Long Island with her aunt and uncle working as a waitress. In a white dress. It's giving modern Americana. Yeah, like, yeah. of course, right? 
During this time, he, her uncle taught her how to play guitar, and she realized that, quote, she could probably write a million songs with just those six chords. So shortly after, she begins writing songs and performing in nightclubs in New York. Some of the names that she performed under include Sparkle Jump Rope Queen and Lizzie Grant and the Phenomena. Legend. Okay, I just have to say, the fact that she said I could probably write a million songs with those six chords, like, the music lover in me is just touched to my core, because I'm like, you know, we all think we could write a hit song, but you don't have one in you. She's got a million in her with six chords. I know. She. I think that's the poet, too. It's just like, sh- the music. Yeah. Some people have it flow through them, and also, she's blessed. Also, you know what? While we're on the topic, she has been so majorly snubbed by the Grammys. I don't I know. think she's even won one. I think Norman fucking Rockwell was nominated for album of the year and a lot of people thought it would win. I think it won some awards, but no, she's never won like an album of the year, but at the same time, Beyonce hasn't either. So moving on. Okay. So she ended up and I'll get through all this quickly. Sorry, guys, not to bore you. She ended up enrolling at Fordham university where she majored in philosophy with an emphasis on metaphysics. She said she chose the subject because it quote bridged the gap between God and science. I was interested in God and how technology could bring us closer to finding out where we came from and why. Honey, when I was 18, going to university, the last thing <laughs> I was worried about was the gap between God and science. Number one God, that. number two science. Number one. Bottom exactly. of Tristan's <laughs> priority list. Bottom of my list. <laughs> According to her, she had trouble making friends in her boarding school and at college and said that's when her musical experience began. She lived in the Bronx. She later moved to a trailer park in New Jersey, volunteered with homeless youth and drug and alcohol outreach programs and helped paint and rebuild houses on an Indian reservation in the Western United States. It's like, when did she have a lot of these themes are going to come back up. So first of all, I think that means she was sober at this time. And that's why she started volunteering with uh, homeless youth and drug alcohol reach programs. Um, And yeah, she's just really getting all over the country. She's been to Long Island, the Bronx, New Jersey, New York, Lake Placid. Yeah. It's like, when did she, it's like, she has lived um, like, me from age 18 to today i'm like i could write it all down in three points like there's really not that much to say but she really lived a full life and that the indian reservation work i didn't know that she that she lived on the indian reservation because later she's gonna get in trouble for wearing a headdress but she might really feel connected well and that's where and the other thing is she never really confirms or denies anything but that's where fans think the whole ride music video came from is that she she at some point spent time with a biker gang in the western Mm -hmm. united states of course she did right God, I can't believe she said she had trouble making friends. We would have been your friend. We would have been your friend, Lizzie. <laughs> Anyways, um, releases a bunch of EPs under a couple different names, including Lizzie Grant. January 25th, 2010 is when she releases her first EP as Lana Del Rey. She scraps it like a couple weeks after, pulls it off of iTunes, and then instead begins work on Born to Die. We mentioned this, video games, the homemade music video goes viral in the fall of 2011, and she signs with Polydor Interscope, and the rest is history. So just to get into her personal life. And wait, if you're looking for one of those stories like, oh, she grinded for years, it was like, no, she put out her first single video games, signed with Polydor Interscope, and she's had her career ever since that day. Yeah. Well, she did grind in like the New York songwriting community, and we will talk about this too, but she was very in the same, she ran in the same crowd as a young Lady Gaga, Stephanie Mm -hmm. Germanotta, and they both... I'm going to get the name wrong, but they both were like in competition for the same manager or they briefly shared a manager at one point, like no very, very early on. Um, 
Okay, so. just as someone who works in the music industry, no big deal, but it just goes to my belief that, like, the cream does rise to the top in this industry, and, like, if you have a God-given talent, then there's really no denying it, and if you are able to produce the music that Lana Del Rey produces, you're there's no way that you're not going to succeed, because it's on another level. Period. So, she, according to her, has been sober since 2004. So, she would have been 19. 19, yeah. So, she had a rough adolescence with drugs and alcohol. And she got sober early. Yeah, yeah. That explains a lot of the success, I think. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, she really has been able to focus. But then, I mean, where questions come up, at least in my research today, of, like, in her fan communities, is, like, I don't know. I mean, she sings about a lot of drug use and like a i mean lot of you'd crazy never know it. if she's sober you'd never and know. it's like yeah i'm like wow and you, you uh, it's, okay so if we're to believe that all of that happened before the age of 19, 19 i'm like well damn like okay then but um we wanted to talk a bit about her boyfriends i'll just run through quickly because they're so, by the way tristan's reading from lanapedia because she needs her own wikipedia period so she currently lives in Los Angeles. She was in a oh, relationship. This is 2015. She's no. She's. I know. Right I know. Now. Okay. I know. Well, no, she's engaged now. Did you not see the headlines? <gasps> yeah. Okay. I'll get okay, there. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. I'm putting my listening hat on. Um. So just to run through a couple names, she was in a relationship with Francesco Carozzini, who is Franca Sozzani, the former Vogue Italia editor's son. He is a like music video director photographer he did beyonce's jealous music video and a mm-hmm. couple lana videos Legend. they were in a relationship from june 2014 to november 2015 um she was in a relationship with barry james o'neill this is the guy i remember from the tumblr era he had like long hair and a mustache from 2011 to 2014 like he was her boyfriend when she was first famous um she said that they quote had a dark relationship i'm okay. sure I'll tr- take her word for it. I'll take her word for it. <laughs> she previously had a relationship with Stephen Mertens, who produced her first record, Lana Del Rey, the one she pulled down, as well as an alleged relationship with a music industry executive. There is an iconic quote from a Rolling Stone article where she's like, they ask her about her song, "Eft My Way to the Top, and she's like, "Eft My Way to the Top? I have to, a bunch of people in the music industry and none of them helped me. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, it's giving Bethany Cheers. Frankel. Yeah. I can't even F my way to the middle. She can't even F her way to the middle. <laughs> Anyways, um... In July 2017, she said she had a boyfriend, but his name was never revealed. It is speculated that it was rapper g Easy. Okay, I feel like that was... Con- I remember that. That was a hot moment. Yeah, yeah, they're hot. She also was rumored to be dating actor and model Chase Stogel from January 2019 to, to July 2019. Never officially confirmed. She began... Gla- this one threw me for a loop. She began a relationship with policeman and reality TV star Sean Sticks Larkin in September 2019. I know him because my mom compulsively watches Live PD. Stop. And okay. he's like the so cop like, on Live PD. I would PD. say this is when her love life, for me at least, came into the mainstream when she started dating this kind of hot cop from Live PD. And it was like, okay, she's actually um, practicing what she preaches in terms of what she's into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, period. He was cute. He's like a blonde cop so he your was kind of good my mom yeah she always watches live pd do you think lana saw him on live pd first i mean who's come on chicken say? or the egg <laughs> chicken or the egg they their split was announced in march 2020 but i do remember i believe it was with him that she attended the grammys in her dress from dillard's that she yeah. got at the mall yeah she <laughs> was having lana. a moment she was having a moment then. she also dated musician and singer clayton johnson it's not known for how long and then um they were believed to have been engaged. Um, okay, she has I, gotten around, and I love that. Yeah, and yeah. then but there's a couple after that. There's the one guy I just saw on Twitter yesterday. Oh, yeah, he's like, the 
He's the actor. And he's kind of a bit gay. He has pictures yeah, kissing non-boys. Yeah, he's, like, boys. bi, and, like, they took the photo outside of the prison. We all yes. know the photo. Okay. Okay, look that up. Well, I'm going to say, so Tristan just rocked my world and said Lana's currently engaged. What the fuck? That makes me, okay, I'm very protective of her. It's a little bit, I don't know. Do you want to rush into it, Lana? Like, come on. Of course, any guy is going to try to steal your shine. They're going to try to glom onto you. And this guy's a music manager named Evan Winokur. It's just giving me, um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say user vibes, but like I've never even heard of this guy. I don't know. The one I was forgetting is Jack Donahue. Yes. A lot of people really like him. Like apparently he's an actor who people know about and he's kind of like a bad boy. He's been like attached to Courtney Love. Yes, and Lana and Courtney toured together. So I wonder if there's beef there because Courtney is like, she, she loves to get into it with the girls. She's a bit territorial. Yeah. And yeah, they took this really famous photo outside of the Cook County Jail, which is actually where Johnny Cash wrote a lot of his famous uh, prison songs. And yeah, so she she likes to date. She likes love. And that's what we love about her and music. And then there's also the boyfriend that I'm going to forget his name now. You just sent it to me, but uh, she wrote video games about. Yeah. He's like covered in tats and he had real addiction issues. And he also, he said that the song was written about his incessant playing of world of warcraft so like it's not this romantic thing go play video games which shout out to my boyfriend henry there was a time when he was playing way too much world of warcraft so <laughs> we, we've all been there me i would put that song on and be like yep i was right there with you okay so now i want to get into what i want to talk about because you know what the men in her life it's not like she's dated like a leo dicaprio like no they're low-key enough that it's not like the tabloid fodder like yeah, her no. fans want to know but no one else cares yeah and i don't mean to say that like it's like oh her fame is tied to men because it really isn't it's I just not thought, at all it's interesting because like, her music is tied mysterious. to love and romance yeah, yeah and they're a bit mysterious and there's a lot of them so it's like you just don't know and i'm not saying that in a shady way whatever no so we already kind of talked about her time in spain that's like a new one like i didn't know she spent time like when did that happen but it just came out in a TikTok. Allegedly, she speaks Spanish. I listened to her on a TikTok live with a woman who's speaking Spanish, and it was sounding pretty broken to me. But I won't be judgmental because, you know, my French isn't there yet. So anyways, <laughs> her time in the trailer park. Have you investigated this? No, but I remember at this time thinking that was her origin because she was playing it off like it was maybe a bit or leaning into like the trailer park into the so. sparkle jump rope queen <laughs> of it all yeah yeah um so what is there it i always remember back in the day there were very few like videos or interviews of her like in 2011 when video games first came out and the one that there was on youtube it's from 2008. It's these two girls from Index Magazine who mm-hmm. visit her at the trailer park and, like, do an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and she walks them through the park and she, like, okay, knows all fair, the people though, there. Video games came out in 2011. This was three years before anyone knew who she was. So I'm not thinking she's appropriating the trailer park. The trailer park culture. She was living there. Oh, she was living there. Okay. And I think she's kind of said, like, it was, like, a cheap way to live New York adjacent. Like, I think she was just across the Hudson in New Jersey. But it's just a very mysterious time. Like, her living by herself in a trailer, in a trailer park, writing these songs. Like, it's just, like, it uh, only her. Yeah. Like... (laughs) My pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. It was giving trailer park. Okay. Anyways, her modeling career. So I didn't see these on any of the bios, but I am really well versed in this. And I will post some of the photos on um, the Lindsay Lohan Instagram. 
She was signed to Ford Models wow. Teen Division Big from one. 2003 to 2005. And yes, Ford is like one of the major in the world agencies. Like, I mean, I know I'm going on and on about her God-given talent and her songwriting and her music, but like, come on, she was gorgeous as hell. That yes. oh, it's also gonna help your music. Career. And if you guys look into it, I'll post some photos. There are some photos of her doing like pro- in like prom dress ads. Like yeah. she got some work. And the most iconic, which she actually posted on her Sherry secret Hill. Instagram <laughs> honeymoon, which is unprivate at the moment. If you guys yeah. want to get in there, check it out. She posted a photo. It's a group shot from an Abercrombie bag from like, you know, I guess 2003. Mm-hmm. It looks even older than that. And it's a group shot, and she's in the photo, and a young Lindsay Lohan <gasps> is standing behind her. Oh, did she start as a model? Yeah, Lindsay, Lindsay was a Ford model, too. You know who else was an Abercrombie model? Jax Taylor. Okay. He might have been in the photo. Let's he might have been again. in the photo. I'll have to confirm. Okay, Lana's looks. Okay, if you're like Lana, Beyonce, it's going to help. It's going to help. Uh, yeah, she's gorgeous. And in some of these old modeling photos, I'm like, yeah, she was, she, yeah, definitely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Now that I've seen Rachel Fuda, I know that those noses are bought, not made. And I remember as a ch- young preteen as an adolescent i remember seeing it and thinking how you know i'm polish you know i'm like does do they come out like that how how does that work (laughs) but yeah so i mean i just was fascinated like she's lived so many lives and i think there's even a photo of her old like comp card and her sister's in it too so i guess they were both doing this modeling but she made it pretty far like it's more than just you know random local like you know she was in new york doing the thing working with abercrombie so congrats lana um next on my list is her time, we already kind of mentioned this, but rebuilding houses on an Indian reservation with a biker gang. Yeah. And that's where the Ride music video, if you've watched it, it's very, like, um, biker gang inspired. And she seems so edgy in it. I think that was one of the things that drew a lot of our suburban kids to it at the time. She was really just riding. I just ride. And on the swing. Yeah, that was like a Tumblr oh. GIF classic. Oh my god! I'm tired of feeling like I'm. Fu- oh my god! Crazy. Um. Yeah. Like. Okay. <laughs> to that time in her life. And you, you're right. That's kind of when she broke with the mainstream. Like I remember, like after that, her songs. Like everyone knew who she was, and everyone kind of had an idea of her music. Yeah. Totally. Um. Next on the list is like. I hope this makes sense, but there are. A number of songs, especially the early songs, where she mentions, like, Rikers Island and um, <laughs> her boyfriend, like, having to leave. Like, very, yeah, you know, in the way they the say it. the famous prison off of New York City. The way they say it prison. on Housewives of New Jersey of, like, he went away. Like, uh, you went out every night. What's the one song? Baby, Is it? That's all right. And then she's, and then it's like, no he didn't come back. I don't know. I think, anyways, there are numerous songs where she really mentions this, and I'm just like, what was the deal there? She also <laughs> seems to mention, like, there's allusions to, like, meth. Yeah. Getting your crystal method on. Yeah. So it sounds like at some point uh, she was involved with a man involved in the drug trade. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to talk more about, like, her her specific songs and albums, but, again, who knows if she was specifically involved, but she is, like, the new Americana, like, if touching on meth is part if of doing meth culture, in the trailer park, I mean, <laughs> come on, we got to sing about it. It yeah. happens. Like she's tapping into like the darkness of, you know, the American culture. The other side time. of the American dream. Yeah. Um, which my next point was her own drug use. Yeah. Like she was, she's singing about Florida kilos. Oh, love of course that song. we love that song. <laughs> love that song. 
But she definitely has a bit of a past. And I mean, she says 2004, so I'm going to take her word for it. And look, she worked as a drug and alcohol rehabilitation counselor for teens. So she's doing more than I am. Yeah, she's involved. Okay, next I want to talk about her versus Lady Gaga. So I already mentioned, allegedly they ran, and I think she's kind of mentioned it, that they ran in similar circles of up-and-coming artists in the Lower East Side in the early 2000s. Mm. Now, this song leaks in like... 2015 called so legit and it's by lana and i'll just read you guys some of the lyrics oh and they're these are her words not mine okay people this Um, is unreleased it's unreleased but it's on youtube if you want to listen to it and it's clearly lana um you were the freak king of the piercing shop all the girls thought they could sing but you're really not shit i don't get it you're looking like a man you're talking like a baby how the fuck is your song in a coke commercial crazy (laughs) And that's because, like, one of Gaga's very first early breaks was, like, she had a song she had written or something featured in a Coke commercial. Um, You called me the queen of the downtown scene. How the fuck would you go switch it up and replace me? I don't get it. I'm so legit. Stephanie, you suck. I know you're selling 20 million. Wish they could have seen you. (gasps) She's a Stephanie? Yes. It's even spelled with the I in the F here. I know. (laughs) She calls her by her name. She says, Stephanie, you suck. I know you're selling 20 million. Wish they could have seen you when we booed you off in Williamsburg. You're hurt. I know my words don't hurt you. Tristan, you just rocked my world. Wow. Oh, and then what happened to Brooklyn? What happened to our scene, baby? Have we all gone gaga crazy? Okay, so you know what we love about Lana? She's giving into a jealousy moment. We've all been there. (laughs) She chewed her up. And then later in an interview, she said that it was all a, quote, misunderstanding. Hmm, I'm sure. And they do have photos together they're a bit sparing but they do have a couple i'm sure they've worked it out since they have good hearts when you get two artists of this caliber they're gonna work it out and they're both new york girls and you know what from what i've read and heard about lady gaga she was not innocent back in the day as far as she was a bit scrappy with the girls her way to the middle and the top man (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know about that but definitely a bit Mm -hmm. scrappy and was not afraid of a bit of sabotage so i'm sure there's more to the story there and i'd love to know it okay wait can i talk about the next point yeah of course the SNL performance. Okay, so I'm a bit of an SNL head. You know, I love my Saturday Night Live. I remember who was hosting because I used to watch it when I was young because I didn't have siblings. And this was my family. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> okay, we love. He was like, Lana Del Rey. She comes out. She had this great song. I already knew it at this time. I had been on the internet. I go, oh, I can't wait. Video games. And I thought she did okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a big issue with it. Then the next day. So, okay, she sings the song. She kind of warbles through the. There's this one moment where she's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, she's proven herself since. So we can talk about this performance. It's nervous. It's a lot. This all came on so fast because the songs were so good, right? So they're like, let's put her on SNL. That happens sometimes. If you look, like, look at Ashley Simpson. A lot of times they'll push you right onto it. It's a really big stage. And yeah, Yeah. she hadn't had performance uh, thing. But I remember because I love Kristen Wiig. Who the hell doesn't love Kristen Wiig? Clap if you love Kristen Wiig. Clap if you love Kristen Wiig. The next week or something, they were like, Oh, that's not Kristen Wiig, but sorry. Sweatala. Sweatawella. Oh, I think that's my right That's an Amy Poehler. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Okay, so the next week to kind of like, you know, absolve themselves, they had Kristen Wiig come out and like Alana in the outfit she was wearing and do an impression. And it was so funny. And I hope that, I just hope Lana can look at it now and laugh and say, you know. Yes. And I remember. I've come so far. The night of Mm -hmm. all the gifts of her, like in the middle of the performance, she does like a a spin. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there were so many gifts of her like doing the spin, but it's like her like on the top of Mount Everest, like her, you know, like just like her doing this little spin everywhere. And I remember people really chewed her up. I remember even my own parents. My who mom, watch SNL, I was about to say, yeah, they were like throwing tomatoes. Well, I just have to say, like as an only child, you know, I'd watch SNL with my mom, and she didn't understand Tumblr, she didn't understand my life, and I was like trying <laughs> she to. She didn't understand me. I remember being really personally offended. My mom's like, "Oh, what is this crap? Oh, you like this?" And I'm like. No, no, you don't understand. Like, it's you don't really get good it. Idea, so. Oh my god, same. That used to always happen. We are like, the same person. You'd be so invested. <laughs> I remember, like, in the weeks following, she went on American Idol, mm. and that was her next performance. And it was like, okay, is she gonna redeem herself? And I remember it was much better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you know, it was simple. She wasn't giving you choreography or anything. She was kind of standing there. And I remember it started like raining flower petals. And I remember saying to my parents, I'm like. No, but this is, like, her whole thing. Like, she's very, like, old Hollywood. Like, it's not, like, a big... Like, she doesn't do, like, a big performance. Like, you know, it's like, oh, my God. I was, like, really writing for her. Me being, like, the mics are off. Like, her vocals are really good. Like, just listen. listen. And, like, the sound. Something's up with the sound. And I remember what she was wearing. It was, like, a white lace dress. It was, like, a white lacy wedding dress. And she had, like, her big lips at the time and her, like, long auburn hair. But, look, I'm not going to fault Kristen Wiig for... Uh, you know, roasting her. She's hilarious. She, no. she killed it. And if you're a celebrity listening, honestly, the best thing you can do, just like Ariana DuBose a couple weeks ago, is like mm-hmm. you have to lean into the joke and just yeah. have fun with it. But to be fair, it was a really different time. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it was like you messed up on SNL. I remember thinking, like, that's why we probably took it so personally with our parents. It was like, no, you don't understand. Like, she's really good. She's not a joke. Anyways. Harvey Weinstein stuff is our next bullet point. Tristan, what'd she do with well, Harvey? Wasn't my next bullet point um, mm-hmm. Azealia Banks beef? Mm. So they oh. beefed. I don't want to get into it too much because it's, it's like a big one. it's a big one. But yeah. I just want to read Lana's tweets. And we love Azealia here to Azealia. We love them both, and yeah. they used to be friends. Like they had a bunch of photos together. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I think it was in the heat of. Um, anyways, we won't get into this. So I just want to read Lana's tweets. Lana tweeted at Azealia after Azealia was critical of her. She said, you know the Addy. Pull up. And I'm reading this because I've recently seen a TikTok of Wendy Williams reading Reading this and it made me laugh. You know the Addy. Pull up any time. Say it to my face. But if I were you, I wouldn't. Okay, Lana. Okay, Lizzie. The Lizzie jumped out. The Lake Placid. She 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 took her out back and pulled some Lake Lake Placid on her ass. Um, She continued, I won't not F you the F up. Period. Banks, you could have been the greatest female rapper alive, but you blew it. Don't take it out on the only person who had your back. I'll send you my surgeon's number and a good psychiatrist I know in LA. Your psych meds aren't working. Hashtag, you need a new cocktail. Tell him it's a promise, not a threat. Whoa, Tristan, I have chills. Okay, so like, okay, another, this is like why we love her, because every once in a while she'll speak her mind and you go, oh fuck, she's just spoke her mind. (laughs) Every once in a while she goes gangster on you. And, okay, we're going to talk about this more later, but yeah, she has a bit of, like, a love-hate, problematic, unproblematic relationship with, like, black women, female rappers, yeah. and we're going to get into that. But And that's where that came from. And, I mean, Azealia did have a point in her in her criticisms, but I just wanted to read her response. I do. I was like, damn, Lana. Look, Lana. not to be, like, too much of a stand, but I feel like it came out of love. She's like, you could have been the greatest female rapper alive, and look at Azealia now. Like, it's true. She's really squandered a lot of her goodwill and opportunities. That's tea. Okay, next topic, her and Harvey Weinstein. This stuff is bad and no one ever talks about it, but she did a song for, I can't even remember what the movie was called, but the song was Big Eyes. Oh, the movie was called Big Eyes. It was like Amy Adams about this painter, 
Mark who did like these big eyed paintings and they're kind of depressing and creepy. Oh, okay. So the and the song is Big Eyes big too. Eyes. I remember yeah. the song. I just didn't know what yeah, the movie yeah. was called. So she does this movie. She is like on a press tour with Harvey Weinstein, like photographed with him. Like they're just hitting it off. Like there's all kinds of like, stuff. Like it's so sick, but he was kind of like sick in a gross way. He was kind of cool at the time. Like he was Miramax, well, literally at... the nineties indies filmmaker. I'm looking at a picture here. He's got Lana on one side and Amy Adams on the other. And everyone's and big eyes on the other side and big eyes on the <laughs> other. And no one's batting an eye. And I believe she even went to con with yeah. him. Oh God. She's fucking um, serving in these films. And I, 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 I I was was great Gatsby like was young and beautiful Harvey adjacent well no that's a Boz Lerman movie yeah Leo DiCaprio Carrie Mulligan I know everyone who's listening come on everyone who's of our 1995 age bracket has seen the great Gatsby adaptation with Leo DiCaprio and yeah, she had okay. the most beautiful song in it we all love young okay but I don't think Harvey was involved no. I just wanted to confirm so yeah. the only real involvement is the big eyes song mm-hmm. but the story continues because Lana's song in her song um Cola I thought I was gonna say F my way up to the top but I guess it's not that song in the song Cola my pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola is it Cola or is it F my way up to the top Yayo no it's the one where she sings um Harvey's in the sky oh diamonds and he's making me crazy one second you guys It's Cola. Cola, Okay, yeah. sorry. I, it's like, From Paradise. Yeah. So there was a lyric in the song where she says, Harvey's in the sky with diamonds. Or it sounds like she's saying Harvey's it is, in the sky. It is. And she said in an interview that when, like, she was asked about this during the Me Too scandal. And she said, like, well, I guess I was just kind of thinking of, like, a Harvey Weinstein, Harry Winston type figure when I wrote the song. But it's not specifically about him. But now the lyrics have been changed to, ah, he's in the sky oh. with diamonds. And I think she hasn't performed it in years. She's, like, taking it out of the so rotation. So, look, like, let's be real with you listeners. Like, this was a song from 2011 or 2012. The Me Too movement didn't start until 2017. And she's all about Americana and old Hollywood glamour. It would make sense that she'd say, Har-, like, come on. I know. Casting I... couch, even Lana, or what's her face? Lala and Randall on Vanderpump Rules. They like, were making casting couch jokes. Casting it's like, couch was a thing. I know. I mean, it's like, it's a it's a reality, especially in the context of like old Hollywood when you're singing. Yeah. So I, it's not a, I don't know if it's really, I don't know if it's a crime for her to include that in her song, but I did just want to touch on it because that was one of her big major scandals. It's all part of her being part of the fabric of history. Totally. Okay, I'm going to skip this one and go back to it because okay. in the same era of 2011-2012, she spends a night with Ellen Von Unworth, Lady Gaga, and Lindsay Lohan at the Chateau Marmont. What I would give to be in that hotel room at the Chateau Marmont with those three and like hear what they talked about and what they did. You need to write like a fan fiction about that night. I know. Yeah. You know what? I was Googling today and didn't I come across a fan fiction? And it was literally like, <laughs> it was like, Lana bumps into a striking blonde at the bar. And she says, aren't you Lady Gaga? It's like, <laughs> oh my God, like who wrote this? Oh, we know but she knows who Lady Gaga was at this point. They were like tweeting at Gaga, I mean, being herself, was tweeting about the night and like tweeted at Lana. Um, are those my earrings? This is awkward. Kiss, kiss, Chateau Bunny. Hmm. It's like, okay, besties. And then she also tweeted at Lindsay Lohan. So this is so what me and my friends used to do in high school. It's like you tweet your little inside jokes so everyone knows your friends, you know? Yeah. So Lindsay tweeted, hashtag skinny snack at Lady Gaga. <laughs> so of course, everyone's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean, Lindsay? And she's like, oh, it's just for me and me and Gogs to know. So then Lady Gaga replies, 
When you ordered a cucumber and a knife to the bar last night and I thought you were going to perform a vasectomy. Hashtag just a skinny bitch. So, oh my god. This is what we come to Tristan for. Who <laughs> else would have found this? <laughs> the way I'm reading all these Lana Del Rey roundups, no one mentioned it. No one brought it up. No, and in no. my mind, That's just us. That's just this us. is a top three. Yeah. But the um the fact that at okay, some so they point, fully made up. You were saying, oh, I don't know. But they came together. They did come together. And they Their hung success. out at the Chateau Marmont with Lindsay Lohan. And at some point during the evening. Wait, who is Ellen Von on with? A uh, photographer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like famous photographer. And she mm-hmm. took photos of them that night. But anyways, at some point, Lindsay Lohan ordered a cucumber at the bar. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Just anyways. Kendall just Jenner who? Um, back, going back one, Lana's involvement with Hillsong. Mm. Do you have much to say? I don't have much Come to on, say. A lot if of you guys forgot. In and out. Hillsong is like the culty megachurch in LA that Justin Bieber is famously a part of. There is a documentary coming out on Hulu in the coming weeks, and I will be tuning in. And there's a TLC one. It's pretty good. And also, if you watch the hilarious show on, I think it's on Comedy Central in the States and on Crave in Canada, the other two, they kind of have like a really hilarious Hillsong parody in it. It's about a Justin Bieber yeah. yeah. So you guys can look into that for yourselves. But Lana is also, or was an attendee. Look, our stars, they're searchers. They're looking for, what did she go to school for? God and science. Metaphysics. So she okay. that hell song. <laughs> Before we wrap up with our favorite Lana songs, I'll run through a couple quick points. She has this really funny 2009 Keds ad, mm-hmm. which I'm like, this is so bizarre. Like, this is before she ever had a hit. Like, why did Keds even partner with her? I'm not being shady. It's just like, how did this come to be? But it's pretty cute. It's filmed at Coney Island. You guys should check it out. She also has a really high-pitched voice. It's just like an interesting moment. Um, And then I have a quote here about how she came up with the name Lana Del Rey. And she said, quote, I was going to Miami quite a lot at the time, speaking a lot of Spanish with my friends from Cuba. (laughs) Like, of course you were. Where did that come from? Like, what? What am I going to do that? Okay, she's giving French Canadian. She's <laughs> so, something about that is so French Canadian coded. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into, or do you want to? Maybe I'll take this section. So, okay. We're all here for Lana, right? But like, part of what we love about her is that she seems to have no filter and she does put her foot in her mouth a lot. And there's been a few controversies which are totally legitimate and would just love to touch on them before we just continue to praise her. So... There was a time she wrote this Instagram post during the pandemic, and let me just tell you, during the pandemic, we were all a little bit off our rocker. We were all a little loopy. Yeah. So, you know, you're not thinking right. She named... Okay, people criticize her for a lot of things, right? Being too sexual, um, glamorizing abuse, cheating, all these things. So Oh, she, yeah. He yeah. hit me and it felt like a kiss. kiss. That's one of her best lines, though. Rot, rot. <laughs> <laughs> so... She puts out this statement. She's like, now that Doja Cat, Ariana, Camilla, Cardi B, Kehlani, Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce have had number ones with songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, fucking cheating, she wrote, can I please go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love, even in the relationship, even if the relationship is not perfect, or dancing for money or whatever I want without being crucified or saying that I'm glamorizing abuse. So look, we see both sides. Unfortunately, she named a bunch of Artists of colors, except for Ariana Grande. The way Ariana slid through the cracks yeah. on that one. Everyone's like, justice for Ariana. I, I mean, She's Italian from Florida, but okay. And for we'll context, I mean, this is in the heat of Black Lives Matter and Me the too. George Floyd tragedy. Me too. It's all happening. It's all converging at this moment. So then for her to list a number of women of color and compare yes. the criticism she's received to their number ones about whatever it is um did not come across well and this is what is uh, what azelia was responding to as well azelia was like okay even though she's not named because she's, she's not, not named she's not named she was just uh, like 
I mean, unless I'm unless I'm misremembering, but Azealia's original tweet to Lana was like, "You are a white woman." Yeah. Um, anyways, so they Azealia does love to poke at that kind of thing. Lana, so, Lana continued says, yeah. with, "I'm fed up with female writers and alternative singers saying that I glamorize abuse when in reality I'm just a glamorous person <laughs> singing about the realities of what we are all now seeing are very prevalent emotionally abusive relationships all over the world." I mean. Listen, the way this is set up Let's is... Let's chat about it. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, the way this is set up with naming the other artists is bad. The timing is bad. But there are... I mean, at the top of my head, I believe, like, Fiona Apple has sung very openly <laughs> about abuse. And, like, yes. is it wrong to sing about abuse? I don't... I don't know. Is she glamorizing abuse? I don't think so. Lana has come out and say, like, you know, I probably shouldn't have named those artists, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm just trying to say that, like, there's no such thing as the right type of feminist, and that it was tone deaf to name these singers and uh, being unfairly treated compared to them. So, you know what she says? I think it's pathetic that my minor lyrical exploration detailing my sometimes submissive or passive roles in my relationships has often made people say that I've set women back hundreds of years. And as a woman, I can say, look, are her lyrics sometimes like what maybe the feminism of the time would deem as anti-feminist? Maybe, but a lot of, you know, we're not there yet. So there's still a yeah, lot of work to do. I mean, like, <laughs> listen, I am the man in the room. So I'm gonna, I should just sit here and bite my, like just sit here and eat no, my food. No, Tristan, you know. But I will just say like, there are the, the, there's the female experience is diverse. And if this is her experience with love, who are we to say she can't write about it or sing about it? I don't know. Look, we're going to protect Lana as an ally. She also said all those artists who she listed, who are, those are the best artists like in the culture, right? Like Doja Cat, Ariana, yeah, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. She's saying, she was like, those are my friends. I'm close with them. I'm just saying, I want to be able to sing about the same things that they're able to sing about. Yeah. Yeah. Like when she sings that her beep tastes like Pepsi Cola, everyone starts throwing tomatoes. But when everyone else is singing about this, that, and wop, the other. Wop, wop. The, exactly. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. They're like, you know, they don't get that necessarily get that backlash. Not to say that women in color in the music industry don't face their own, you know, extreme backlash, but I don't know. It was just bad. I think it was really bad timing. It was a bad timing. And, but I, 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 I understand her frustration with the fact that her art is so scrutinized, um, like very specific lines of her songs. I don't know. I, I totally agree. And like, the thing is, one of the reasons we're so compelled to her and love her is like the edginess of and her And the honesty allure. of a lot yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Even if we can't relate, you know, to like the trailer park meth, like it's like we're there mentally with her. We're yeah. there. <laughs> we're there mentally. We can, she really paints a picture. So, and you know what? I think you could ask any of these artists, even Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Did you know for her, his proposal to her, he rented out a baseball field and he had Lana Del Rey come sing Young and Beautiful. Yes. And she performed at their wedding rehearsal dinner. In Italy. When Kim wore that gorgeous white open, um, like silk dress. Remember it well? I mean, not that we're trying to hold Kanye up as like a pillar. I know. Okay. (laughs) So we're like, well, I mean, yeah, she did perform it. No. No, but I think you could ask any, I think you could ask, and you know how much I love Beyonce. I've said it on the pod before. Um, Cardi B, like Lana Del Rey, she is that bitch. And like, she, we're with her. We're with her. Yeah. 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 
So let's go through her albums. We'll finish off. I know you guys, we've been talking for a long time, but come on. She's one of our faves. Let's go through her albums and list some of our favorite songs. We originally texted each other and we're like, it's not even been that long. I'm trying to show you. I'm like, it's only been an hour. I could talk about her for about five. Oh, okay. I can hours. relax. I can relax <laughs> yeah. for a bit. Um, we're going to go through her albums. We originally said like, pick your favorite song from each album, but you guys, it's so hard. It's hard for me to pick just one and it's impossible for me to pick an all time favorite song. It like really depends yeah. on my mood and my fantasy in that moment for sure we're gonna talk about that oh my god i just have to tell you tristan so you know on tiktok they have like all these gays doing the lana del rey album challenge where they go like they turn their head left to right trying to pick the album oh yeah my partner henry he's watching me do this and i'm like he's like what are you doing he he didn't pick up for it for two minutes i'm like i'm choosing which lana album is better by Uh shaking my head from side to side okay and yeah you know what there was oh i retweeted it it was like you know, Pitchfork or one of the music publications ranked her albums. Yes. And I totally disagreed. But you know what? That's a sign of a great artist is like everybody has a different idea. Can you imagine you have so many fantastic albums that people are vouching for being like, no, this is the best album. No, this okay. is the best album. Yeah. If What if it was the other way around? Oh, these ones, this is the good one, but the rest are mid. No, all I of know. her albums, people hold so dear. It's so hard. Okay, so we'll do that too. Yeah. So let's, before we rank the albums, we'll start from the beginning. Born to Die. Oh, we're going through them yeah. one by one. This, of course, that's like top three. Born to Die. Well, I'm going to say my songs favorite songs or, from okay. each album. Oh, so. okay. Born to Die. Here's my list. It's so hard. They're all so good. Like, I still listen to this album constantly. Yeah. I don't care. I love this is what makes us girls mm-hmm. i mean obviously like the singles takes me video games school. born yeah. to die blue jeans oh it's too mm-hmm. good radio come on now my life is sweet like, like cinnamon. cinnamon every time you like get a job or something you listen to that song <laughs> i've um, seen on tiktok there's this new trend it's like use radio as your wedding song challenge oh, I saw that too. okay i'm not gonna do that but <laughs> carmen also there's like mm-hmm. a youtube video where it's marilyn monroe clips set to carmen mm. oh come on i have the chills uh, national anthem of course that music video chef's kiss the jackie With o cosplay rocky mr rihanna oh my god that's a fantastic that's so a song good. that plays in my head a lot yeah, yeah yeah and you know what's good national anthem you guys should look up there's an early demo that's pretty different mm-hmm. but also very good just like has a different vibe again a note to her artistry okay she does I'm, demos. Yeah. I'm gonna say this is what makes us girls uh, but it's really hard maybe video game <laughs> yeah Okay, I'm liking your list. I'm looking at it on Tristan's computer. Paradise. So Paradise is kind of more of an EP, but I just, it's hard because Ride, right? But these are my top three. I've got a burning desire for you, baby. (laughs) Burning desire in the lands of God and monsters. (laughs) And Yeo. I love Yeo. So that's one of my favorite songs. That's actually a, I think it's a Cuban um, slang for cocaine. It is, yeah. Yeah. And there was an old demo version. Back then, she had a demo version on her YouTube, and the photo was the model from the <gasps> Born to Die music video. Oh, okay. But anyway, so I love that song. But then I also love Like an American. So it's so hard. Yeah. Okay. Ultraviolence. Now, let me tell you guys something. I remember being a bit disappointed with Ultraviolence at the time. I was at in the first time. year. Okay. It just, it's pretty heavy and pretty dark. Yeah. I do like it, and I think it's artistically very well done. But my top three are maybe not everyone. So I love, continuing on the theme of cocaine, I love the song Florida Kilos. Mm-hmm. I like it. And all my girlfriends love that song. Mm-hmm. Pretty when you cry. 
pretty when you cry. How oh. good would this podcast be if we could actually sing? I know, if we could actually sing. And then, is this happiness? And I put a star here because um, a number of these songs from her early career, but specifically, is this happiness? They were co-written with Rick Nowels, Noels, who wrote a lot of the songs on my all-time favorite album, Ray of Light by Madonna. That's so, your favorite album? I think, I, I think Ray of Light is maybe my all-time favorite. That's my favorite Madonna. Well, one of my... Uh, I'd have to see, but I think that's my favorite Madonna album era. I think if I had to say like my favorite <laughs> albums would be like Ray of Light, Blackout by Britney Spears. You guys don't mind if I cough on here, right? <laughs> yeah. And then maybe like, I mean, maybe like a Born to Die or something, but yeah, Ray of Light oh, is arguably my favorite album oh, of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Continuing Honeymoon. Now, what do you, what are your thoughts on Honeymoon? I like Honeymoon a lot. It's grown on me a lot. I love High by the Beach. Isn't it funny going through this list? Like I remember where I was and what I was doing mm-hmm. when each of these albums came out. Yes. Well, so, I'll do mine after, so keep going. Keep okay, going. Honeymoon. Okay. That's not one of my favorite albums. It's not one of my favorites, but my top three, I guess. I like High by the Beach, but yeah. music. I like you a lot. Written out music <laughs> I'm watching the boys. Okay, okay. I like that Honeymoon. Song. We're going through. Freak and Religion. When it's giving I'm like, kind of like an art pop era. A little bit. Tried something. It's, yeah, it's we a tried something. Art. We tried something. <gasps> Lust for... I have the I have the beeping I'm speechless. I'm speechless. speechless. Lust, Lust for, for life. life. And <laughs> on Twitter, Lana fans hate lust for life and not all the rankings put less not, not us not us i when i tell you i oh my god i know what i i was in my old lady apartment by myself the summer of my life listening to lust for life and the laundromat oh i have the chills every song on that album is good like it's so good you guys the vibe like the imagery but here are my favorites it's these too are my hard. favorites too oh you're so smart but this this trio because they all play mm-hmm. one after each other yeah 13 beaches cherry white, white mustang, mustang. <gasps> okay i'm not gonna go through all the albums i'm loving what tristan's doing but i just have to say that three that's for me like peak lana those three songs back to back and you know where oh. i was when this album came out i was on vacation in california oh. and i was going to the 13 beaches can you imagine how i felt <laughs> can you imagine how i felt women's stories matter the heroin yeah Ooh, it's a good one. It's a classic. It's really a classic. And at the time, I was re- heroin mentions the Manson murders. And at the time, I was reading the book The Girls, which mm, is loosely based Emma on Klein, that. Great book. So I was re- I was at the laundromat, and then I'm reading the book. I'm listening to the song. I'm thinking I'm reading the Jehovah's Witness pamphlets that were always at my laundromat, and I'm I'm really in my fantasy. I felt like <laughs> the sparkle jump rope queen. I was really giving Trailer Park in that moment. No math. You were at home. Okay, I have to say, Lust for Life. Since I'm I'm not gonna throw them, so I'm just gonna jump. We're in beautiful on you. people with beautiful problems. This was one of her more positive albums if you look back at the content yes. like the song love the weekend like there's some song love. and oh woodstock 69 in my yeah. mind or something the one with sean lennon oh they're so good yeah like this was like a pretty positive moment for her god bless america and all the beautiful women in it come on oh my and then god. i put honorable mention to get free because the positivity that, that emanates from that song when you're down bad and you mm-hmm. listen to it it's like you know out of the black into the blue people next Norman beeping. Wait, who said out of the black and into the, in the song? Wait. Oh, but that's black. a that's a quote from a famous rock song. Um, you wanted. Oh, it's um, Neil. Oh, what's his name? The Canadian guy. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Out of the blue and into the black. You wanted this, but you. It's a song. Hey, hey, my my by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Just putting that out there for those who love Canadian and classic rock music. There you go. <laughs> Next, Norman beeping Rockwell. <gasps> I really do like this album. This it might be did... my favorite. I know you. This might be your mm-hmm. favorite. Um, after I'll say my favorite album. Sorry, you guys. I'm taking yeah. forever. No, These are my got top the ones. People love when we do like two hours, Tristan. Okay. <laughs> Hope. I was re- Sylvia 24-7 Sylvia Plath. That is so me, you guys. Hope <laughs> is a dangerous thing. 
for a woman like me to have, but I have. May I jump in? I feel like this is when Lana really started jump or um, embracing her identity as a poet she released a poetry book around this time called like violet bends over the blue grass or something and the lyrics became a lot more poetic the songs became like leonard cohen who's one of the inspirations really running with the ball on she was really just curating her piano to the poetry and that's when i felt she really stepped into her position as the great american songwriter yeah venice bitch cinnamon girl whoo bartender cinnamon happiness is a butterfly the next best american record oh come on you didn't even put the best songs on it tristan no but i love in the next best american record she's like it's you i wanna lead to you oh it's so good what's your favorite from that okay we'll get the greatest fuck it i love you and norman fucking rockwell those and mariner's apartment club oh i was gonna those are probably my top four lana songs all on that album and they're not on your list but that's okay you put the other seven songs from the album on the list so together we have the entire entire album Okay, Chemtrails of the Country Club. People don't talk about this one, but I kind of like, you know what, Chemtrails, I kind of like you. All the critical um, reviews of her albums always have this one first, which I like, but they really like it. Okay. Pitchfork likes it. I love um, white dress. Me too. When when I was a waitress wearing a white dress. Come on, it's too good, you guys. I guess she was on Long Island at that time. (laughs) Chemtrails over the Country Club, I also love. And I like to listen to that song when I'm like making muffins for Trevor. I really get into my trad wife. (laughs) fantasy with that one um, guys can everyone picture tristan in the kitchen with the apron making muffins for trevor boris listening to chemtrails over the country you gotta I'm get into the, the fantasy run. <laughs> with you my, my sweetheart <laughs> and then i love tulsa jesus freak you should go right back to jesus that's another thing we didn't talk about she uses a lot of cult imagery i yes. don't know if she's talking hill song i don't know what she's talking about but she seems to have some experience in the in the realm you know what i'll say i think just like all of us she's obsessed with like the american ideology of cults we've got nexium jamestown uh wild wild country yeah and Osho. she mentions charles manson in several charles songs. manson is like yeah. yeah so cults are just part of american life i love um yosemite i was listening to it on the way here i did it for fun i did it for free i did it for you you did it for me oh it's so good and that one's also co-written by rick knowles so period (laughs) okay i'm almost there you guys blue banisters i love thunder you roll like thunder and i love um wildflower wildfire wildflower wildfire i've been running on stardust alone for so long (laughs) i didn't know so what i'm picking hot weather i love that song so what i'm picking up on like tristan has lyrics here like i think the reason lana gets in our hearts is because her lyrics really stick with you for like a week at a time like you get a lyric in your head and it's all you can think about that's all all you can say they're so poetic and so good and then lastly Mm -hmm. her new album did you know there's a tunnel whatever as tristan has written d-y-k-t-t-a-t-u-o-b candy necklace and paris texas texas both are so good paris texas might be my my favorite from the album but just the piano it's just so gorgeous and beautiful love 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 and then last category unreleased song so she's an artist and this is also why i think her fandom is so strong is because she has an entire catalog of unreleased songs like hundreds a bunch just got leaked last week there was a whole new leak so um my favorite unreleased songs are Shout out to more on her later listener, Erica. Driving in Cars with Boys. Mm. Love that song. We love you, Erica. Cash in my Louis Vuitton, diamonds and guns. Girls just wanna, just wanna have fun. Oh, come on. Um, This is what makes us girls the demo. So good. Yes to Heaven. 
so good. And then maybe my all-time favorite unreleased, Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh, you guys have to listen to it. It's too good. When I Every time I've been in LA, I just like listen to it on a loop. You know, that's kind of my nickname. I'm Hollywood. Like, you kind of are. So yeah, I kind of go Okay, with that. now you go. Okay, and I'm going to take a whiz and we'll be right back with my Lana Del Rey favorites. Really into journaling. I was journaling every day and then at a certain point I ran out of things to say in my journal. So I was just talking about like Lana Del Rey, my favorite uh, songs and albums in it. So this is before... I have to say, I think Blue Bannisters might be my favorite album because I feel like with that album, she really said, fuck it, I'm just going to say like what's truly on my mind. She has the song Black Bathing Suit. Do you know that one? Oh, love that one. Yeah. She just went like a level deeper that I didn't even know we were ever going to get from her that like that whole album, it just means the world to me. But these were some of my favorites that I wrote down before that came out. And of course, before her amazing new album came out. So some of my favorite Lana Del Rey songs would be The Greatest. I feel like a lot of Lana stands can relate. This is uh, from her Norman fucking Rockwell album, which is probably my favorite. I know. I feel like I'm forgetting The Greatest. It's so good. It's like the most epic song ever. Like it literally gives you like okay. Joni Mill or Joni Mitchell. Know. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and I think it's her best songwriting, like the lyrics of it. You know, that's the one where she says, Kanye West is blonde and gone. Was that a perfect time when she said it? It just came through. And then in that album, one of the next songs is Mariner's Apartment Complex. You lose your way, just take my hand. Oh, love that song. It's very like old, like 70s. Like it's timeless. So I love that song. And then, of course, I love... 70s in spirit, 90s in his frame of mind. What song is that? The Next Best American Record. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I love Next Best... So that's from Norman fucking Rockwell, yeah. too. Which is, that was one of her, I would say that was the album where she broke through with the critical acclaim. Like, totally. it was nominated for a lot of Grammys. She worked with Jack Antonoff, who she still works with. So I, of course, after that album, I love Ultraviolence. Who doesn't love Ultraviolence? Some of my favorite songs from that are, like, Shades of Cool. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and when he calls, he calls for me. me. <laughs> And that album also has Brooklyn Baby, which is one of my favorites. I don't love Brooklyn Baby, and I know a lot of people do. I guess I'm too. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Tristan. You're like Brooklyn Baby. <laughs> I like West Coast, and I like the, yes. the stripped down version that's also on the album, where yeah. it's like acoustic. Love the versions. That. So for that, like, or she was doing a lot of different versions. Okay, so I love the songs Ride, obviously, Changed My Life, West Coast, I think is an underrated song of hers, West yeah. Coast, because yeah. she's done a few versions of that as well. Blue Jeans and Summertime Sadness. They both oh, have these remixes that I literally... I Summertime Sadness, too. You yeah. can still put those on at a party, like the remix, like the RAC remix of either of those songs. Oh, and, and like, people's feet are tapping. Look, you even got the like older people. They're like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then, okay, so another album Tristan and I bond over we love is obviously Lust for Life. I love White Mustang and White Dress. Then from Norman fucking Rockwell, I also love Happiness is a Butterfly. Was that on your yeah, list? Yeah, that was on my list. Happiness yeah. is a Butterfly. Oh, you don't love Cinnamon Girl? No, I, I like it. Oh, okay. okay. It's not like my song, but yeah. Then from the... Okay, she just has so many good songs. That's the thing. It's like, it's overwhelming. I love High by the Beach. Yeah, yeah, I like High by the Beach. That's me and my friend Darcy, if you're listening. Shout out. That's our song. Oh my God. You know what? That song... <laughs> Come on, you're at the Toronto Islands with your besties. Okay, so before the two new albums, I want to point out one song from Lust for Life that literally meant so much to me at the time, Summer Bummer with ASAP Rocky. Oh, yeah. That was my alarm for like years. 
It's never too late to say what you want to say. And then he has a really good rap on it. Like, that's a really good That album has a bit of a, yeah, it has some hip-hop undertones. It's got The Weeknd. It's got ASAP Rocky. Like, it's a really cool album. And that song just reminds me of some summer love I had at the time. So, I was obsessed with her already. And then she puts out Chemtrails Over the Country Club, Blue Bannisters, and her new album. Did you know there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? I think... The title track from the new album, Did You Know There's a Tunnel yeah, Under... Yeah, I love that song. It is like... I mean, it's life-changing. It's Open life-changing. me up, fuck me to death, love me until I love myself. Ooh. Look, I sing that around my boyfriend. Chills. He goes, what are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it. He doesn't get it. And yeah. um, American Horror, we love that. Yeah. Raquel Levis, we're looking at you. Nah, okay. And, I, and I'm with her. <laughs> Who among us? So... Yeah, we love you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's all I had on my list. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it was some fun. I feel like we just we just talked and talked and... Sing along. I know all along. the listeners... Sing will, along with us. They'll be listening to Lana after this because once you remember all the songs, like even us talking about it, it just... Same. I'm like thinking the of the playlist so I'm going to make you? on my way home. They get I really know. deep into your soul. Totally. And like, yeah, like... Each album has such a specific vibe to it that it's like, yeah, if you're on vacation or Mm -hmm. if you're doing this or if you're doing that, like there is a Lana song or album for every moment. I'm even leaving out. So my favorite album, I think, is Blue Bannisters, which came out during the pandemic where she said, I just kind of had to throw this one away because like I just wanted to get what was on my mind off my mind. Yeah. Chemtrails was the kind of bigger commercial one. She has this song on it called Dealer. That was actually oh yeah one okay. of that's I probably my favorite Lana song. I don't really like that song. It's like kind of grating to me. Oh okay, well maybe revisit it. It's one of my favorite okay, songs. I will, I will. The whole album, literally, like I remember listening to it for the first time and just being like, I can't believe she could be this vulnerable, this honest, this musical. Okay, yeah, there's a perfect example. This dealer must have been pre two thousand four. I'm assuming. Yeah, the whole song. Oh yeah, it's like please don't try to. Find me through my dealer. He won't pick up his phone. <gasps> She's a bad girl. Period. Yeah. Look, it's not all about being a freaking angel or a saint. Like, we know that. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we're going to finish it off there. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Thank you all for the positive feedback that we've received. I know at my birthday party, there was a shower of love for the podcast. Holly yeah. was... Holly was I was taking it in. I was taking it in. (laughs) Tristan's friends, they didn't know me, but they felt like they knew me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So thank you guys so much as always. And um, stay tuned for more. We love you guys. We'll be back soon. And I wonder what Lana songs we're going to put before and after all this. I know. Oh, it's going to be hard to choose. Okay. Well, okay. You choose one. I'll choose the other. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye.